Today I'm chatting with Phil Haas. Phil's in the UFC. He's been kicking ass over there. He got 11 professional wins in his career. He's a NCAA champion with uh, with Division One. Uh, junior college national champ, Division One wrestler. Champ. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me if I fucked yeah. it up. I do that from time to time. Uh, wrestled in Division One, national champion, and um, all around swell guy. So we we got a lot of mutual friends that uh, Phil trains at Sanford MMA. It's one of the the top guys over there that you know you're training with all the other superstar big yeah. big champions big big winners <laughs> big, over there yeah, sure. big winners yeah, big that's winners over in that camp so yeah. um i know your main coach henry hoof is a buddy of mine i love henry yeah training with mike chandler training oh. with uh Derek brunson Dunk, Derek brunson gilbert burns so you got a yeah, big crew over there you yeah is uh were you there when um, uh, Usman was over there? Uh, briefly, a little bit. I was like coming in, he was going, but now he's back. So oh, he's coming. It? Yeah, and it's awesome. Just I didn't, uh, you know, when people are around, blah blah, blah it's no big deal. But like when having him in the room and seeing him him work, it just like bumps you up a little bit. It's like uh, motivates you. You know what I mean? Just you just like clutch and glance. Like okay, that's a champ right there. I'm in the right spot. Let me work a little harder. You know so. It's inspiring. We spent a few hours together uh, back in Vegas a couple months ago, um, and yeah, I, I really like Kamaru. I thought he was, you know, really a sharp guy, and uh, it was clear to me. Uh, I didn't know his personality much. I knew he's a very talented fighter, but I didn't mm -hmm. know his personality. But I spent a few hours with him, getting to know him better. I'm like, oh, this guy's you know, smart and with it, and yeah, um, you know, I could understand why he's had some of the success that he did. You know, yeah. I see why. Um, I seen why it made a lot more sense. So, any case, there's a there's a lot of killers in that room down there, and uh, you know, you you're holding your own and doing quite well. The guys tell me you're on your way up. I am um, definitely blessed to be part of the team. Um, that's this Timmy Hoof. You know, he he's such a good orchestrator. He orchestrated the team and the facility in the in, in a way that everyone wants to come. You know what I mean? And of course, it's Florida, so it's like you can't really knock it. You know. Uh, but I'm just definitely blessed and just going to keep climbing, keep working, and, you know, at the end of the day, be world champion. So, I was just going to ask you, what are your goals over there? So, if uh, world, world champ is on, world, the, yeah, on the radar. Of course, of course, world champ, you know. Um, after getting to, like, the film industry, maybe producing films, uh, love movies and stuff like that. But that's on the back burner right now. Try to, you know, try to build some wealth like you are yourself, you know, like uh, through, um, so my next fight, I'm gonna buy my first rental property. It's gonna be like a duplex and just keep trying to do that a couple of times and do that a couple more times. 90% of people that have a million dollar or higher net worth made at least some of that money from real estate. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the number one way that, you know, it's the mo number one most common way that people have made money. So 90% of millionaires uh, have made at least some portion of their money from real estate. That's and, good. and that's a good thing, you know, that you can be active in your career and, and still be making passive income like that and get the, the tax deductions from the rental properties. Uh, as you know, you can d depreciate that over 27 and a half years. And if it's a commercial property, you can depreciate it over 39 years. Yeah. And so you get the depreciation aspect of, of having rental properties. You have, um, you know, you get extra tax write-offs for certain things. You got to pay lower taxes because it's capital gains tax instead of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, earned income tax. Mm -hmm. And if you have a property management company, like you don't have time to go deal with maintenance and you know, yeah. while you're in, you know, the mix of your career and building your MMA career. But if you have a property management company, um, you know, you still have some cash flow and some money coming in in the short term, mm -hmm. and you know, appreciation gains from appreciation, well taken depreciation. 
and there's a lot of money there. There can be a lot of money yeah. there. So I think it's a smart way for somebody, for, for athletes to make money and protect their net worth and build their net worth mm -hmm. you know, while they're still in the mix of their career. Now, would you suggest, because uh, it's going to, of course, you got to start small, right? So I'm not going to be able to afford a property manager right, right away. I'm going to have to like do it myself, you know what I mean? And have to kind of like cater to my tenants. And also, would you suggest, because I was going to rent one side, live on one side, rent the other side, try to live as mm -hmm. free as possible, or should I just rent both these properties out and live below my means at some other... You, you get a, you know, I'll, I'll give you a long, nerdy conversation privately, but um, you'll get better tax advantages if you have a duplex. You can have up to four units, and if you live in one of them, um, you'll have extra tax advantages for doing that. Oh, the FHA. Well, you get, you're eligible for FHA funding, yeah. but then uh, there's, other, there's other things you can do with depreciation, and uh, there's other tax benefits in that, and I'm happy to, to, to okay, nerd yeah. up about it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, I I'm, I'm going to lose 90% of the people <laughs> if, I, if I do a deep dive yeah, on that at this goes. moment. But um, no, you, you can buy up to, four, up to a fourplex, you know, so four units under one roof. Um, you get you, you know, several tax advantages to that. And then if you're living in the property for a couple of years, then you, you have other tax advantages that if you sell it for a profit later, you're, you, uh, you're gonna pay less taxes. Okay, yeah. And yeah. And then I also heard you say um, the greats, they never really do, a, I'm a, not, I wouldn't say a loner, but like I'm like, a, I'm a do it myself, I'm a, you know what I mean? I also heard you say, heard you say, uh, it's not best to do it alone, you know? If you're a great conqueror, you had an army, you orchestrated this, right? So now in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, should I use all my own money or should I get a couple of people in here, we do this together, or how, how, would, how would you go about that? No, it's, thank you for coming to interview me. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, no, sorry, no problem. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, no, I'm no, sorry. Go ahead. No, nobody does that, yeah, I wish yeah, they'd yeah. ask me more questions. So, yeah. um, uh, I said it half as a joke, but I mean it sincerely. So ask me whatever you want. It'll be, it'll be a, a fun, different type of interview. Um, I think they'll like it, actually, so feel free. Um, I, I got a few thoughts. I like, I, I'm just not big on business partners. You know? uh -huh. when, when I think about, I'll tell you why. So imagine this. is like you, you think about your level of work ethic and commitment and the things that you do, and, mm -hmm. and I'm that way in business. And like, uh, usually when somebody wants a business partner, they'd like you to do most of the work <laughs> and then split the profits, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And when I, I just think about reality, about how humans are, that I'm, I'm really very fussy about that, that uh, why do I want a partner? If I'm capable of doing something by myself, it's better for me to invest my own money and have you know, my efforts and my money tied together without having that tied to, to somebody else, you know? Mm, gotcha. And so I'm just not excited about that. I see a lot of people, uh, I mean, it, it's like a stereotype about athletes for a reason. I have a friend that was an NFL guy, and mm -hmm. like, yeah, it would take us 20 minutes for me to just give bullet points of the numerous ways he's, he's been fucked over. We're like, you know, somebody stealing from him this way and stealing yeah, this yeah. way and fucking up money. That's and, um, it, it's such a common thing with athletes that somebody's gonna say in the background of like, you know, oh, just, you just work on your career, you just do your thing, I'm gonna take Which, care of everything. It's just easy as an athlete, like, oh, yeah, all right, cool, thanks, man. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the majority of people in your sport particular, I think they're pretty high-integrity people. They, they, they tend to keep their word. They tend to be pretty honest. Uh, they tend to show up on time and do what they say they're going to do. So if you're surrounded by a bunch of other people that are professionals, that are, you know, high-level athletes and, you know, teammates and coaches hold them to that standard, even if they're not naturally that way, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like, I, like, I can be a fucker somewhere else, but I can't do that in yeah. this environment, you know? Wrong, wrong place. So, yeah, I can't do that shit here. Yeah. You know? So... 
So in your head, you'll be willing to believe, be like, yeah, if the guy's telling me he's going to take care of that, and cool, like, probably he will, you know? And then you find out later that like, you don't even own the property anymore. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. <laughs> You've been paying for taxes and expenses, and the profits have been going somewhere else. And yeah. been, there's all, so many terrible things that, um, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, uh, I'm not saying all partnerships are bad, but... I, you know, I, I, I don't want to have a partner that if I'm not the majority owner, or if I don't control the, if I don't control the business, I don't really want anybody else involved. And unless there's something very strategic that they offer, oh, okay, uh, I'm just not really interested in having business part. I have zero partners in my, in my current business. I don't have partners because um, I just don't think anybody's going to work as hard as I do or do what I'm going to do. And I know how to do it, and I'm happy to hire somebody. You know, I hire a lot of people to help me with things. Yeah. So I hire a lot of contractors to help me with things. Okay, okay. Um, that doesn't mean I don't want help, but I'd rather pay somebody to help me within this area or within this area, and if they don't do their part, it's real easy for us to split up, you know? Dang, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. That's perfect. And I'd say one more thing about the stock market related to partnerships is like, you know, I'm happy to invest in large companies where, you know, if you think of what a stock is, it's like you, you own a little bit of some yeah. big publicly traded company. And I don't control that asset. You know, it's like the management that the managers of the company are going to make the decisions, not me. Mm -hmm. But if they do some shit I don't like, I can take my phone out of my pocket right here mm -hmm. and I go to my brokerage account. And in, in about one minute's time, I can separate from that company that I go to the, click that stock and I press sell and I press sell all and I press market order, and I press you know review, and I press confirm, and that's the end of our partnership. Yeah, yeah. So if I don't like the way they're managing the assets, um, about one minute later, we can break up. Mm -hmm. And I can go take that money, and I can go invest it somewhere else where I think that they're gonna manage the assets better, and that there's gonna be more future profits. Okay. If you have a partnership where you own real estate together, and you have companies together, you might be in court for five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody no. fucked you over and did wrong by you, and you might be in, in court for five years and spending hundreds of thousands or million more dollars on lawyers trying to make things right. Yeah, So okay. I don't mind, you know, in my personal businesses, I like to hire people to help me with things, and, you know, some of them are very well paid. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of partnerships, is I think of the stock market that way, is that, you know, there's other people that can run... Uh, you know, an oil and gas company or, you know, uh, shopping centers or something better than I can. And, like, I'm, I'm happy to be a, you know, a minority owner where they have control. I don't get to make decisions. Mm -hmm. But if, if I don't like the way they're managing it, easy to break up. You're just gone. Gotcha. Does, does that make sense? No, yeah, 100%. Uh, definitely helped me with the perspective of, like, how you said, okay, like, okay, don't be a loner. But now, like, now you said, like, okay, don't be a loner in certain aspects of the business and... Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not an expert at every single, every tiny, everything in business, man. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you're not, a, you're not an expert of, you know, every thought or move or something that ever happened in MMA. You don't know every yeah. goddamn single thing. Yeah. And, you know, you're not an expert at every single thing, mm -hmm. but you don't have to be. Yeah. You don't have to be. You have to have a proficiency in some areas, and there'll be some things you're better at that come more naturally to your body or your brain, and, and there'll be some things that, you know, you probably, you and I are not going to move the same way that like a 125 pound dude can move, but like, you know, he could hit you 60 times and if you hit him once. It's <laughs> game over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. So, um, you know, I, I was training with Andre Arlovsky and he makes that point a lot that like, um, you know, if uh, the little guys can hit each other a hundred times, but mm -hmm. like, you know, Andre is weighing, you know, 240 something. He's a big boy. Like at fight time, he's weighing 240 something. Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, if somebody, you know, my size, his size, you know, if you, you hit somebody once, it, it might, you know, shut the lights out. Or, you know, if you hit him three times, then probably for sure if you get, you know, three good strikes on somebody and yeah. you're as big as him or, you know, or me, mm -hmm. um, or you for that matter, is like, it's, they're going to have a tough time with that. Most guys can't take that, you know? Yeah, I agree. So, you know, it, it, I, don't, I don't try to learn movements or try to learn things in MMA that probably I'm not suited to, you know? The, mm. I've had some coaches that are smaller than me and... Some of them want me to move the way that they move, and I'm just like, like man, I'm, I'm never that's gonna, I'm not gonna, my body's not gonna do that. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's not your wheelhouse, that's not your, gotcha. Yeah, so I'd, I'd like to focus on a few things. You know, anyway, I digress, but you get the idea. So like, in business, I just think like, um, you know, I'm not the best tech guy. I know some things pretty well. Mm -hmm. I know some areas of tech pretty well, but there's other people that are better at that than me, and mm -hmm. not really that interested in it. Mm -hmm. There's some things that have to be done with technology, so it's, it's, it's better for me to find other people that are better at that than I am and understand it better and for me to be involved in the management of that and, uh, you know, communicate with each other about, you know, what, we, what needs to happen and, and why and how do we do that and who can do that best. So how do you find from that and you, you limiting yourself like, oh, well, okay, say like technology, like you know, I get whatever technology guy. And you'd be like, oh, let me dive deeper in this, figure out this technology thing. Or like, oh, okay, well, I don't really need to know that. Like, how do you find that avenue, right? Like, I think I got to know enough about every area of business that I can have a conversation with, with somebody who is an expert. Mm. And I can understand. We can have a conversation and I can know, like, you know, is this person doing a reasonably good job? Are they finding some way to fuck me over and, you know, <laughs> okay. steal from me in some way? Okay. You know? um, do they seem to know what they're talking about? And you know, part of that is just having social relationships too. That, like, you know, you, you'd have other people in your life that people that you know and trust that maybe you don't have a business relationship with, but they're, you know, experts in some area that, uh, because, you know, hey, could you come check this guy out? And, like, is, he yeah. seemed to be legit. Does yeah. his skills, skills seem to be legit, you know? Okay. And it's easy for them to see that, you know, they could spend 10 minutes with some, you know, if you spent 10 minutes with a guy who, who says he's a tough guy fighter, yeah. if you spent 10 minutes on the mats with him, you understand pretty clear, like, what his skill set is, you mm -hmm. know? Agreed. He can't bullshit you about that. It's yeah. just, you, you know. I agree. So same thing is like, you know, other people that, I don't have to be a tech expert, but some of my friends are. Yeah. And if I know enough about something, I say, you know, hey, can you have a conversation with this fellow with me and, you know, see what you think about this? Yeah. And they're, they're going to tell me pretty clear, of like, you know, yeah, he's probably good at this or this, mm -hmm. and that'd be good for this or this reason, but he probably can't do these other things, you know? Yeah. Same, same way, like, literally, if you spend 10 minutes in a gym or 10 minutes on a mat, like, you know if a guy's a wrestler or not. Yeah. You know if he's got some jujitsu skills or not. 100%. He can't hide that, you know? Yeah. You said uh, the friends, right? So you talk about the connections and, like, how we meet people and, like, uh, your friend group you want to, your core group you want to have people successful and things like that so now in my head i'm like i'm at that not the stage but like i'm a mindful of who is in my inner circle yeah so and of course you want them to be striving you want them to be working hard but now i'm like trying to build new relationships and i'm like how do you know how do you separate hey i want to meet this guy because maybe he could do something for me or i want to meet this guy because he may be a cool guy you know like trying to are we past that? Oh, he could be a cool guy stage. Or? I don't. I don't give. I don't need any more cool friends. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Some people take it the wrong way when I say sure, that. No, no, like, I'm no. with it. Um, you know, anytime I'm going to answer your question, it's going to sound like I'm not, but I'm going to answer your question. And 
when I, when I think to myself of like, oh, I'd like to meet so-and-so, or oh, I'd like to meet somebody who's good at this, that it might not be a specific person, but I'd like help with a certain area. Mm -hmm. So I, I gotta meet somebody that's an expert at this. Mm -hmm. Or I gotta meet a specific person, or I'd like to meet a specific person and uh, get to know that person better. Maybe there'd be a good opportunity between us, you know? Mm -hmm. But when I have a thought like that of like, I want, I want something, about a second later, I think to myself, well, how could I make myself useful to that person? Mm. What could I help them out with? Uh, they'd be delighted to meet me. They'd be delighted to spend time with me. And um, this, that's not like a psychology trick or something. It's like I, I spent you know, more than 30 years of my life trying to make myself useful and you know, be smarter and more resourceful. And, um, and it, it is a, a sincere goal that anyone that I would spend time with, like, I'd like to know that I'm helping them with something. I'd like to know. I feel secure in our relationship then. I feel yeah. secure in our friendship if like, if I'm if I'm helping you make a, you know, double your income or you know multiply your net worth over time, um, probably you're gonna say nice things about me. Yeah, probably you're not gonna fuck me over somehow. Yeah, you know, probably probably, probably you're gonna want if you were helping me. You know, if you were if you were teaching me some wrestling, and I was teaching you some business, we were both making our lives better. Yeah, that's a great foundation to be good friends. Yeah, so you know, I get I get. I'm less uh, secure in a friendship or a relationship if it's not clear to me, like, why does that guy hang out with me? Mm. And some people are like, they're, they're like, Derek, that's, that's disloyal, that's this or that. Man, I, I begged my friends from childhood. I'm embarrassed to say some of it. Like, I asked yeah. some of them a hundred times, hey, man, come, come to college with me. Hey, come work on this business thing with me. Yeah. Hey, come look at this investment with me. And, you know... That wasn't that was, it wasn't part of their playbook, you know. That yeah. they wanted to smoke weed or do other things, and you know things turned out real bad for some of those people. Of I begged them to come with me. Yeah, they got to do their own thing, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you know my six friends from childhood that, that I was close with. So three of them are dead. Yes, one of them's doing thirty years. One of them's doing life in federal prison, and the other one's crippled up because he's drunk and high at work and got himself fucked up, and it's all his fault. Yeah, with sorry. heavy equipment, you know, yeah. it's just life. You guys, you have some friend back in the day that was like, you know, that you were a better star, friend to them yeah, than yeah. they were to yeah. themselves. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. For sure, there's somebody in your past that you were a better friend to them than they were to themselves. You know. Yeah. So I, I tried to help people, and um, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't beg anybody to do anything. Uh, I just think, well. If they don't, if they don't see the value in what we're up to, that's cool. Then I'll just go do it myself, or I'll invite somebody else to do that with me. You know. So if there's something I believe in, uh, I, I don't, I don't ask too many people. Uh, I wouldn't ask anybody three times to do something. You know. Gotcha. I might ask them once, like you know, hey Phil, do you, you know, I, th I was thinking you and I could do this or this together, and I could help you in this or that way. Would that be useful to you? Mm. And you know, if you, uh, I, I might, I might come back if it, if, it, if it's stuck in my head of like, man. I think that'd be a good opportunity for Phil. I think it'd be a good opportunity for both of us. Let me have one more conversation with him about that and, and be a little more clear of like why I think it might be valuable for you to you know, come be a guest speaker at one of my events or come train with me or whatever we might do together. You know? yeah. why, why would that be valuable to Phil? Why would that help him? Let me explain one more time. And you know, If you're not with it, if you're like, oh man, you know, okay. Yeah. But I'm not gonna bring it up a third time, you know? Somebody else is going to go do that. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I'll be spending time with them, and you'll be doing whatever you know, and I'll be doing something over here. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But oh. I, I don't have any accidental friends anymore. Okay. All right. Okay. So I, I I try to be very clear of. Um, I don't know. I think the 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 value of a friendship is if two people, if you had similar goals, if you had similar values, that you know that um, 
you know, you're a, a decent, loyal person, you're not a scumbag, you're not gonna do nasty things. So if you had similar values, that you know, you're gonna be good to each other, and you had similar goals, like, hey, we both wanna be over here, Yeah. here we are, we both wanna be over here. And then you got some different skill sets, there's some things that you're good at that I'm not so good at yet. There's some things that I'm good at that you're not so good at yet. But if we worked on that together, we could both get a lot closer to our goals. Yeah. Probably we're gonna be good friends. Yeah. And if you know, if you want to go, you know, if, if you think of friends from back in the day, um, you know, when I want my friends to go to college and get A's with me, and they want to go get high and drunk and do some, you know, quiddlum type shit. Yeah. We had different. We had a different vision, you know. Yeah. One hundred percent. So. Um, but you know, one more thought about that. I think this really, you know, sums it up. When when I when I say that, like, I don't have any accidental friends. It's like, you got that bottle of water. Yeah. Yeah. So just show that. So Phil's got a bottle of water here. So the cap was sealed. I gave yeah, you a sealed yeah, bottle of water. Yeah. Uh, how much? How much human shit? How much human feces would you like to have? And are you okay with it just being pure water? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Pure water is solid. What about like two percent shit? Two percent shit. Would it no. be better or worse? A uh, little worse. A lot, a lot worse actually. What about like arsenic or cyanide or some, you know, some poison? Would you? How much poison would you prefer to be in your water? Probably zero. Zero, uh, zero poison. So when you make decisions about who you spend time with, like, mm, should like ninety, dang. should you spend ninety-eight percent of your time around productive people, and like only two percent around people that are going to poison your fucking life and distract you from your being living up to your full potential? That's that's that's. What that's, about one percent? Should you spend ninety-nine percent of your time around doing something productive, and one percent around people that are going to take you away from your real potential, who are going to poison your life? Yeah, that's deep. But that's different. yeah. And then when you when you say it like that, when because because we can't, we tend to think like life isn't that serious. But like when you say poison, arsenic, the people around you can poison your well, and they do. You're one hundred percent right. I've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think of it that way. If that makes sense. No, one hundred percent. No, one thing that's lingering in my mind when you were saying about managing your own rental properties yeah. is um, if you do that yourself. Somebody, they're gonna call you at three in the morning. They're gonna say that there's a, a spider. You know, mm -hmm. it's gonna be a little, a little common house spider. Yeah. But they're gonna tell you there's a fucking tarantula in the kitchen right now. <laughs> yeah. And we, we need you to come take care of it. You know. Yeah. And they're also gonna call you and like, you know, just, just craziest things, man. Mm -hmm. Just the craziest things. So yeah. they're gonna, you're gonna get a phone call that the toilet's clogged, and you'd be like, oh. I got to help them with that. They're, you know, they got they got to have a functional toilet for their family. Yeah. So you're going to send a plumber over there in the middle of the night at great expense, and you're going to pay the plumber to come over there. He's going to go unclog the toilet, and he's going to you know tell you like yeah the you know the the ladies over there there's you know a bunch of tampons in the toilet, and you got to talk to your renters, make sure they're not doing that because it's going to clog up again the same way if they keep flushing that stuff down the toilet, you know. Yeah. And you're going to give them a call and you say hey you know we I took care of that for you. Um, you know, sorry you had that problem, but um, you know, do me a favor. Please be mindful. You know, if you told the ladies in the house, and uh, you know, just uh, throw that in the garbage in the future. Use the garbage can for that, so it don't clog up the toilet again. Yeah. Okay. Ten days later, the toilet's going to be clogged again. What's yeah, in there? Yeah, Same show. damn thing. Yeah, it is there. It is there. It is there. I agree. So that happened to me in real life. You know? Oh, did. Oh, and then when you talk to the people, they're going to say, "Yep." Yeah, not me. Not so, no, we didn't do that. No, we yeah, didn't. of course. They're going to tell you the first time they didn't do it before. You'd be like, well, the first time you say it to them, they say, oh, we didn't do that. So, 
I understand nobody did that. But yeah. Can you just make sure in the future that you know, if anybody that uses that type of product, just put it in the garbage can, not the toilet, please. Yeah. And they say, oh, you know, no, well, yeah, nobody did that here, but we'll make sure it don't happen again. Ten days later, again. Yeah. And like, you know, those are very frustrating times for me. Is like um, when you're being clearly lied to, or people don't pay their rent, and it takes months to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. uh, you still got to pay your mortgage. Yeah. And you got other things going on in your life that you'd rather be focused on, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I, I think you'd be better off. Um, you, know, you, you, you don't need to hire your own in-house property manager. You'd find somebody that take like one month's rent and you get the other 11 months rent and they take oh, care of okay. the property for you. Yeah, okay, I didn't so even know you could, probably, you could find a deal like that. Oh, okay, okay, that'd be perfect. Yeah. And you don't have to spend your, you don't have to have that phone call at three in the morning that you're doing your fucking weight cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're sure. already in a I'm sour different mood. State. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I didn't think about that. Okay, yeah. Thank you, brother. Look into that. That'll be that'll be useful. What else? You're interviewing me today, so what else? Man, uh, you just you just been killing it. Um, uh, we, I don't know, man. Like I'm just I'm just trying to take it all in. We were talking off camera earlier. We were, you were making a comment that you said you watched one of my videos in the past, yeah. and we were talking about um, you know the value of being in a good mood versus if you if you have a responsibility that you have to take care of today. There's, you know, you might as well be in the best mood that you could, you know, mm -hmm. that if you're going to do it anyway, you might as well be in, you have more energy, you feel better if you could, if you could tell yourself, well, I'm going to do it anyway. So how can I find the, the good in this? Or what's the, the best way for me to be thinking about it to get the most out of my day, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So earlier I said, I was like, uh, cause I just learned about this maybe like year or two ago, you know, I kind of made the connection, uh, and I had to read a book or something, read a book or listen to podcasts and, um, it was like, okay, if you're gonna do something that's monotonous or something um, something that you wanna do, or you have to do, and you don't feel great, you still gotta do it anyway. And for you, I hear, I hear you say it, boom, just YouTube, boom, free, take it. And I'm like, okay, dang, shift, a mental shift. But I think you have to be pretty mindful to make that mental shift, because some of us just go through motions throughout the day, like, and we're upset, and we don't, we, we let our emotions ru like run our life, as opposed to being yeah. mindful of our emotions. And hearing you say that, I was like, okay, oh, maybe he's in, uh, maybe just a little more psychology, because you said something about neural pathways too. So I was like, okay, let me like dig deep in this. My friend Brandon Carter, he's a, a large, very fit, ripped V-shaped torso, like had a lot of modeling gigs. He's, so he runs like a fitness channel on uh, on YouTube. He got, I don't know, 700, 800,000 followers. Brandon, uh, big ripped black guy. Yeah, yeah. Real nice guy, but he, he looked mean and angry. Yeah, yeah. He, he looked, you know, if, if you looked at him, you'd be like, man. He's fucking yeah, just yeah, big jacked and chiseled. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, 205 or so and like yeah, chiseled. There's no, there's no extra fat there. Anyway, yeah. Brandon explained to me once that. Um, <laughs> And he lives down here, by the way, so easy Dang. introduction. But yeah. Brandon explained to me, um, he, he made this video. Actually, I've seen it in a video, and then we had a conversation about it later. So he made a video. I uh, said, so when's the most important time to go to the gym? And he says the most important time to go to the gym is when you don't want to. Mm. That He said that's the moment in life when you're, you're laying in bed and you're making excuses of why you don't want to, and, and if, is that an okay excuse? And you know, you know this, all of yeah. us have done this. Yeah, yeah, you know, of course. You're evaluating your excuses. <laughs> yeah. And he says, that's the time where, I learned about neural pathways from him. That's the time where you're either making a decision that you're going to, to get out of bed and go do the thing you're supposed to do, and you're building like champion neural pathways that, mm. that you, you feel proud of yourself, you did the right thing. 
and you're you know, engaging in a behavior that's going to make it habitual, you're engaging in the habit to, to, be, to have more and more champion type outcomes. You're engaging mm -hmm. in champion behaviors, you're more likely to have champion outcomes. He says if a, a person lays in bed and they accept their excuse instead of doing the thing they're supposed to do, he said, then you're, you're linking up your, your brain to have like uh, more bitch-ass neuropathways. <laughs> now, he went to college, but his degree yeah. was in, it was a business degree, not a psychology degree. So I'm not sure that he's a, a medical authority, but yeah, the way he it. explained it made a lot of sense yeah, to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me now. He said, if you, if you accept your bitch-ass excuse, that you're building bitch-ass neuropathways in your head, it's going to be easier for you to be more of a bitch in the future and do, you know, be less than your full potential. So yeah. that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, so that's, that's my primary educator about neuropathways and how they work. Uh, yeah. I'm with it. That sounds perfect. Sounds great. Shout out to Brandon Carter. What up, buddy? Please, <laughs> sir. Um, so, but you know, you think about that. I, I, I love things like that that are humorous, but also true. But mm -hmm. if you think about that, yeah, man, it's true. It's like, I'm sure there's been you know, at least once in your life, probably a long time ago, yeah. that you went with your excuse instead of doing the thing that you knew you were supposed to do today. And um, you never feel the best about that, you no. know? Yeah, yeah. And if, if I, I'm not perfect, man. There's plenty of things, uh, plenty of things I'm not good at, plenty of things I'm never gonna be good at because I just don't care, you know? But for the few things that I focused on in life that I wanted to be good at business or, um, you know, if I wanted to go to the best grad school, I had to study and be there, so I had to be good at academic stuff, I had to go do real world stuff, I had to learn about stock market, I had to learn about be a good entrepreneur, be a good investor in real estate. Or, you know, training. I've been training for about seven months on MMA, and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't pretend to be any better than I am. I'm about to get a blue belt. So, hey, my well, man, Derek. You know, actually, your boy Derek ran me through. Uh, Jay Shields asked me, uh, I don't know, a month and a half ago. Hmm. Uh, I said, you know, you're, you know, it's quick, but you know, you're really starting your skill set starting to be there because I'm training a lot. I'm training yeah. 10, 12 hours a week. Yeah. And, my body's ti always tired because I'm 43 years old. Yeah. So my body's always sore somewhere. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. A lot. And Jake said, you know, he mentioned uh, that you could probably give me a blue belt soon. And at that time, I was training less than six months. And I'm just like, yeah, really? Mm -hmm. like, I'm kind of, mm. So I asked when Derek was over, Derek Brunson was over, is, you know, one of the fellows from his gym. I asked him, like, you know, what, what do you think of as, you know, blue belt qualifications? And... Uh, he spent a couple hours and kind of run me through that, and mm -hmm. he's like, "No, that's legit." And, oh, oh, yeah. And then right. I was with Frank Mir last week also, and I asked Frank. Jeez. Um, I asked same thing. Frank, I spent yeah. four hours with Frank, but we spent about two hours testing that. We were like four hours training. Yeah, right? yeah. And um, yeah, and he said the same thing. So then that kind of gave me a little confidence boost. I'm like, "All right, if, yeah. if Derek said that, and Frank said that, and uh, Jake said that, then you know that's that's legit. That's valid. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, valid. That's legit. So." So for the few things that I focused on a lot, for you know, if I pay attention to something, I can get good at things really quickly if I focus on it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you—I'm sure you've had times in your life you're doing the same thing. You're so focused on something that you're kind of obsessively thinking about it, and maybe you go to sleep and you're dreaming about it. And but I know when I start having dreams about you know my new goal or what I'm training, then I know like I know I'm going to have a breakthrough. You know? Mm, okay. Yeah, I like that. Does yeah, that I make like sense? that. Yeah, because we're uh, we're often told obsessive is not good. And like right now with the MMA, because you know how MMA works, you only got so long to you're so good and you can only do it so long. So I'm a little obsessive, not a little, a lot obsessive. Yeah. Then you hear like, oh no, you need more, you need to, you need to spread yourself, you need to, but I'm like, no, this is, I only got a short time. So hearing you say that, I was like, okay. It's like, you know, music to my ears, you know? Hey man, you know, if uh, you only got so much time and 
if I don't get my black belt in my 40s, I don't, I don't see how I'm going to be a world champion at the UFC. And yeah. Probably, probably wouldn't work out for me if I don't get serious soon. Yeah. Hey, What's also, so this is business, a little marketing type thing. Like, how do you choose the fighters you want, like to fight or the people, the characters you enjoy? This is me as a fighter trying to understand, like, what are the people looking for? Like marketing business, trying to. You know, honestly, I, I don't give a shit if somebody watches this, likes it or not. And, yeah. you know, I have that conversation with my team internally. They're, they're like, oh, you know, well, Derek, the people mostly come to you for business advice, and you've been interviewing a lot of fighters, and, and, um, I'm, you know, what do you, what do you think the audience thinks of that? And, and I, I had this conversation recently. I don't mm. give a fuck what the audience <laughs> thinks of that. I'd be delighted if 90% of my audience went and did something else. Yeah. And I'd love to be with the other 10% that, like, they get the idea of, like, oh, like, the, the, think of the overlaps what we, between what we do is, like, a normal person can't even understand it. Is, is the, 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 the amount of that obsessiveness that you need to even be, to even think that you're going to be a top competitor in, in, in the fucking UFC. Yeah. So, you know, when they talk about, you know, like a, a, some some bum at home that never been punched in his life and maybe yeah. should have been, you know? It's easy for them to have whatever little criticism or whatever their little bullshit opinion is about yeah. something, but like, they don't understand this like, you know, this 10 years or more of training. To be a top, 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 yeah, top, yeah. You, you train for at least 10 years. Yeah. You work your ass off in ways that a normal person can't understand. You said no to so many thousands of opportunities, invitations to go do normal people stuff. Yeah. You said no to thousands of invitations to go do normal shit because yeah. you had something exceptional in your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, you have injuries that you got to work through. People get surgeries they got to work through. People get, um, you know, uh, the weight cut is not fun for a lot of people. Yeah. The, it wouldn't be fun for me. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, yeah. You know, I've tried intermittent fasting for like 12 hours. I was go? sleeping for seven of them. Hey, but when I woke up, I was thinking about cannibalism already. Yeah, it was, it was sure. a danger to small people in society yeah, yeah, if I didn't eat sure. some food soon. So, so now, man, I, to, to answer your question, it's like I just interview people that I'm interested in knowing more about or people that I respect or people that... Mm -hmm. um, no, nah, man, I just I know the work that goes into that, and I have mm -hmm. a lot of respect for it. And you know, I'm, I'm interested in learning about that myself. And mm -hmm. you know, I'm working at it pretty diligently for such an old, such an elderly man, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, if, if I do an interview with some of the guys and we get along well and I let him like, oh, I see how we, we could help each other with something or we'd like each other or be useful to each other, then, you know, I'd love to have some of them as training partners and whatnot. So yeah. that's kind of just the way I've been looking at it. Yeah. And, and uh, what attracts you to certain fighters? Like what about them? What character traits are like? the way they look or like no no this is this is part of it right because uh, me like marketing i'm like what makes conor mcgregor different between, of course he, his performances are great but he has this huge tattoo that you know okay boom that's conor mcgregor even if, you know like now i'm trying to uh well my boxing coach had a bad situation with conor that yeah, uh Paul, so yeah, paulie yeah. you know yeah. paulie was uh helping conor train for his mayweather fight maybe mm -hmm. you know this story mm -hmm. you know and um I think Connor is a, a great marketer. I think mm -hmm. he's a fantastic marketer, and you know he didn't do what he did at UFC accidentally. There's there's a level of skill and talent in that. Mm -hmm. So of I don't want to disrespect things that are you know he clearly earned. But 
you know, in, in his marketing effort for his Mayweather fight, he kind of threw my boy under a bus. Saying, oh, like, yeah, that's awful. They did yeah, like 12 yeah. rounds together, yeah. like, you know, 12 boxing rounds, which, you know, for training camp is not normal. It's like, you know, they do two or three rounds, and then somebody yeah. else two or three rounds. Mm -hmm. So Paulie did 12 rounds with Connor when Connor is in like, you know, near peak condition, and Paulie yeah. is like, you know, semi-retired. Yeah. And uh, then he released, you know, like uh, 40 seconds or a minute or something of tape where, you know, he's looking good and my guy's looking bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, nobody in that room, I know a couple other people that were there that said, they're like, well, that's, that's not what happened, but, yeah. you know? And uh, anyway, I don't need to say more about it, but yeah, yeah Connor's not my favorite guy. And, okay, you know, all right, I'm sorry about that, all right. Out of, out of loyalty, yeah. I've been invited twice when, it, uh, you know, two people that know him well have asked me if I'd be interested in doing yeah. an interview. And, uh, you know, probably be good for marketing, uh, but it won't be good for my personal integrity or relationships yeah. that, uh, uh, Paulie's a friend, friend of mine, and you know I wouldn't do that. So, but you know to, to answer your other question is like, um, no, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say I haven't. You know I kind of look at outcomes of you know the people that I've been interested in, or mm -hmm. you know, I, I interviewed a lot of the OG guys or Hall of Fame guys, or you know Hoist mm -hmm. Gracie or Chuck Liddell or Tito Ortiz or mm -hmm. um, uh, who else? Forrest from the Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. Dan Henderson. I'm sure there's a couple more that I'm, you know Hall of Fame people that I'm yeah, thinking yeah. of and. You know, there's only been 90 or so champions ever. I did interviews with about 30 of them. Yeah. So, you know, I sat down with a lot of the champions, and then, you know, there's, uh, you know, you meet more and more people. And, I mean, I, I I never went to a UFC fight until November last year, and now if I go really? there, there's, you know. What, what Madison Square uh, Garden? Madison Square Garden. Just, yeah. Dang. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the first time I ever went to a lot. I just worked on business my whole life. But, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, if I go to an event now, yeah, there's, I, I know. I know everybody. I know the right. cubmen. I know the referees. Yeah, I know the interpreters from different, yeah, yeah. different languages. I'm like, oh, that's a Portuguese interpreter guy. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's cool. I know the security guys there. I know a lot of the fighters and so on and so on. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know that that network is growing very quickly for me. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wasn't thinking about it as um, yeah, it was a sincere interest. I think that's probably the reason why. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the core for the question, really, that mm -hmm. might not be how you were thinking of it, but it's probably the right answer. It's like, you know, if you were, if you were like some weirdo trying to be like, you know, how, how could I, you know, meet 50 people in this sport? Or how could I meet like 50 NFL players or something? Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you're some like weirdo, like fanboy, fanboy, probably you couldn't, you know? Yeah. But like, uh, I think, it, you know, any of those people that, there's literally 50 people that, that you and I know in common. Yeah, yeah. And um, any one of them would say something good about me. They said, that, you know, I've, I've always been sincere. I've always kept my word. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I, I think that's important. Like, if, if that was just like, uh, if you were just trying to do a sponsorship program or some shit, I don't think you'd have the same level of, you know, connection or relationship with the individual people. Mm -hmm. And if you're some weirdo trying to, you know, you know what I mean, like some super fan trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the people feel that, and they're like, you know, yeah, I'll give you your picture, and please don't okay. talk to you. Okay, yeah, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I, I don't think you could do it without the, you know, I have a sincere interest, I have a re respect for, for you and the guys that, yeah, um, that. and the women that, mm -hmm. um, that's, hey, there's easier ways to make money, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, a couple. So these these are some of the toughest people in the world, like psychologically tough, physically mm -hmm. you know, tough, very talented, and for the amount of effort that goes into that, and, you know, the the effects on your, your body and mental health and yeah. physical health, like, there's a lot easier ways to make money. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's a certain type of person that, you know, dedicates themselves to that, that they have that level of, you know, excitement or commitment or love for what they do. Um, 
I, I personally, and I know some guys that they do have to, you know, they, they would say that, I, you know, I have to do it or I have to do it for the money. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be able to do it for the money. There's a lot easier ways to make money. Yeah. But um, I think the, the people that end up being, the, you know, the greats, like they really love what they're doing, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like a job. It was like kind of, you know, I don't mean to say it in a dramatic way, but kind of they were born to do that or yeah. like they, they felt like that was, there they're was calling. nothing else like it. Like that was their calling, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. So how do you think about it? Who are the guys that you like in fighting, or the the people that you you gravitate to within gravitate. your sport? Um, me, of course, you gravitate because you gravitate towards your teammates because you're around them so much, so you want them to do well, and um, and you kind of distance yourself from the guys they fight because <laughs> yeah. you know because you just have that you know you want your friend to do well, so you can't want this guy to do well even if you like that guy prior to him fighting your friend. So it's a close circle around you, around your friends, your teammates, um, and of course you got the icons, the Anderson Silvas, the, the Franklins, and um, those guys, you know, the Griffins. Uh, but yeah, but uh, but what would you say from a business aspect? What what with fighters you see like are they missing opportunities? Are we not diversifying ourselves enough? Like, I, I think it's really tough. I had this conversation with a lot of people, and when you're in the you know. You know, when you're in, the, by the time in in your field, mm -hmm. by the time you're making real money, mm -hmm. that you would have some money to invest in something. Mm -hmm. You know, your fucking career is in a place where it's really high stakes. That like that that next win means so much that it means double the money immediately, mm -hmm. and maybe some extra endorsements, and you get more money for your next fight. You mm -hmm. know, and 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 and, and if you lose that next fight, then you know you, you might got to fight one or two guys lower than you, and you got more wear and tear on your body, and more mm -hmm. time goes by. And you get less money for those fights, yeah. And you got to build back up to where you were, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, better than me, but just loosely in my head, it's like it's like an eighteen-month setback or something, you know. Oh, for, yeah, at least, yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's, um, I think it's a tough situation to be in, that when you work so hard to be where you're at, that you're starting to make real money. Um, you, you can't go spend thirty, forty hours a week thinking about business, business, business. It's, it's tough to do that, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it's a tough situation to be in. So that, um, so you know, I'm, I'm kind of empathetic about that. And um, I mean, some guys have asked me to manage their money. I don't want to manage anybody's money. I don't. I don't manage money for for anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm happy to get to help you understand how to manage your own money, but mm -hmm. I, I don't want access to nobody's bank account. I don't want to be responsible yeah, for their course. retirement. Like, of course. Um, that, that's, just, that's not where where I'm heading in life. Or I, I don't want to be a money manager. Um, and I think it'd be pretty good at it, actually, because the guys that the guys that are most excited that do want to manage your money, you're going to do something fucked up. Yeah, 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 I'm not going to do something yeah, fucked up. Yeah, I just know the risk reward for the amount of money that I'd be earning from it. I'd be like, nah, like let me help you understand how to make better decisions, but go make your own decisions, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, it'd be like, you know, you could teach me some some technique or some some uh, you know skills, knowledge that you've learned over, but I still got to be responsible for my own outcomes, you know. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a tough gig, man. Yeah. I think it's a tough gig that like, you know, by the time somebody's, you know, at the end of their career, you know, th then they're thinking about, but there's, there's a little, I, I don't want to say it with any, even a tiny bit of disrespect, but there's a, I feel the concern that, you know, I feel some of the people that are towards the end of their career, yeah. they're like, what the fuck am I going to do next, you know? Yeah. And, you know, this is what I did my whole life and what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And they got some money, but they don't know you know they, they they need to learn they need to put it in responsible investments because that's a retirement you know yeah and then also if they could do some entrepreneurial things well they're 
will they still have a you know a relevant brand name that mm -hmm. you know their their name is well known their image is well known so you know i think that's uh, that's probably a pretty decent thing to do that you know while you're while you're in your career mm -hmm. you know maybe there's some endorsement things i always tell the fighter guys or, or other athletes that when somebody's trying to get you to invest in a business i don't think you should because you don't have time to understand what the fuck's going on but if they want to give you equity in a business for like some endorsement type deal, mm. I think that makes a lot more sense. Like if somebody wants you to be involved in the business, you shouldn't have to put money in it. Like it should be like for you. Yeah. For you, it should, it should be, be your be face. Like, or are you saying like? Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. You know, I need to understand what you do. I need to understand it's legitimate. I need to understand how it works. So so you feel good and sincere and you know endorsing something. Mm -hmm. But if there if there's somebody that has a business idea for you know, some clothes or an energy drink or, uh, you know, something that you would actually use and that you're like, yeah, I like that product. Like, okay. I use that product. I like that product. Mm -hmm. I know what it is. And, yeah. you know, it's it's good for people that you'd be happy to have your, your name and your face associated with. Um, you know, get, get equity in companies like that. Okay. Tell them, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll be a significant sponsor, but, you know, I want 2% of the entire business. Or It depends where they're at. If it's already established business, get some equity. If it's an early stage business, you want a lot more than that, you know, then... Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I'll be the the main marketer to get things started, but you're gonna give me thirty percent of the business or something, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think deals like that might make sense for you. What's um now? You said something about a gym, and if you're if you're hot right now, I, I'm me as a fighter. I'm kind of afraid to be like, okay, I want to make a gym, call it Phil Hall's gym, because in five years, like they're gonna be with the next new MMA fighter, and no one's gonna remember who Phil Hall's is. But you you're saying that might be a good idea as opposed to. Or should I do some generic gym, like go Ultimate Fitness, or? Why don't you let somebody else go manage a gym, and why don't you do the same endorsement deal? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, let somebody else who already owns a gym, they're already oh, managing okay. a gym, they already got a good gym, maybe you've been to their gym, you like their gym, they're, they're a legit operator, mm -hmm. and now you do a co-branding deal. And you say like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help refresh the image here. Um, you know, I'm gonna stop in between training camps, I'm gonna stop in and do a minimal amount of training, yeah. I'm gonna do a minimal amount of training, mm -hmm. so you're not messing up from your own training. Yeah, but you're, you're gonna show up and you know help out with something. They put your name on the building. They put your face on the wall. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. why don't like you do that. something like that and say, you know, hey, give me, you know, twenty, thirty percent of this business. Twenty, thirty percent of the profits are going to you. Um, but you know, you, you'll help them. You know, revamp an existing business. And then you don't have that time commitment. You're making money, but you're not an operator that you got to be there every day or every week and managing people. You know. Kyle. Okay. Does that make sense? No, perfect. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's smart. I never. I was thought, okay, make my own business, make my own gym. But now I could just like try to talk to a guy, use my face. Yeah, I just made a home gym, and you know, some of your guys have been there, mm -hmm. and I got about three thousand square feet of gym space, you know, in my in my office complex, and. Um, you know, I spent a lot of money on equipment. I spent a lot of money. The real estate was expensive. The mm -hmm. remodeling was expensive. The, you know, the gym equipment itself is, you know, six figures. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. so I, mean, I spent about $3 million and, you know, on real estate renovations and mm -hmm. equipment. And, uh, and that's just for me to go train yeah, with yeah, my yeah. friends. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you're going to go build, if you were, you know, buying real estate in a, in a significant city, in a major city, mm -hmm. and then buying equipment and renovations, is like, you know, you easily could spend, you know, you know the PI, the, the Performance Institute out in Vegas, they spend about $20 million on. Crazy. Have uh, you been there? Have you seen it yet? Or? Yeah, I've been yeah. there. Forrest Griffin walking yeah. through. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. 
Forrest walked me through. He was very, he's very, uh, shout out to Forrest Griffin. What up, yeah. Forrest? I know good you're watching guy. right now. He's a good guy. He's a good um, Claudia also works. So, you know Claudia Gadera? Yeah, of course, yeah, of course, so of course. Shout out to Claudia as well. Oh, she's there. She's there. Oh, I didn't know she was working there. Yeah, Claudia's there. Oh, right damn, too. that's awesome. She's badass. So, yeah, she she's a tough little. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. What is she like? Five foot four? Something I think like she's that, about five yeah, four, she... and she's like one forty-five. Yeah, solid. And she's lean. Yeah, 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 yeah she's solid. lean. Yeah. So, we see you, Claudia. What up? <laughs> um, I like both of them. Claudia is great, and mm-hmm. uh, Forrest is a good guy. Claudia is a great woman. Mm-hmm. I like both of them. Um, but yeah, I spent about twenty million on that facility. I spent about three million on a private facility. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not cheap if you're going to build something that's competitive that like it's going to be a destination in a city you know you're mm-hmm. going to want it in a major city and for it to be a destination it's going to cost a lot of money yeah so i just think it'd be easier ways for like you could probably make more money for less effort doing like a co-branding deal with an existing gym that's like a good gym and well respected and you know they could use your success to, to help bring attention to what they're already doing pretty well you know yeah does yeah. that make sense yeah perfect sense it's awesome thank you you're welcome Solved all the world's problems. What else? My man. What else we Economics. Yeah, you know, I know it's part of business, but like, is this something like I? People know the word, know the term, but I, me, I don't really understand it because I never really tried to understand it. Is that something you suggest? Like, really look into, dive in, study, maybe go back to university, try to figure it out, or you're already an economist. You just don't know it yet. Mm. So you know, the the study of economics is is literally is the management of how do we get the optimal use out of scarce resources? You know, we only have so much time, so much money, so much energy. Um, how do we how do we use that to have the best outcomes that we have in mind? You know, mm-hmm. so you're already doing that. You're already thinking in, in your just think about your physical fitness. So you're like, well, it's important that I have a certain level of cardio. Mm-hmm. My weight's got to be at a certain place. I got to step on the scale at 185. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you're walking around at like 210 when you're not training or something, exactly, yeah, something exactly. like that. So we got to get from 210 down to 185. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Derek Moneyberg knows everything is right. You got to get from 210. I'm probably the most humble. I'm just having this conversation. Top five, top five, my friend humble. Brandon Carter, I yeah, mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah. Brandon and I joked together. He's like, Moneyberg, you know, you're, you're a humble man. He said, you and I were probably the most humble. <laughs> they have to know how great we are to understand just yeah. how humble. I, was, I like so, it. I'm still in that. It's an extraordinarily narcissistic thing to say, but we have a lot of fun laughing about it. Yeah. Um, economics, you're already thinking about, like, well, what's the most efficient way for me that, you know, on a certain date, i got to step on the scale at 185. I don't really want to be 185 and a half. I'd like to be right at 185. You don't really want to be 183 either, do you? Yeah, no. Like to be right at 185 on a certain day, so you got to think about your caloric consumption. Then you got to balance that against your training. And you're going if you're going to, you're going to be you know lifting weights, having your cardio on point, uh, you know doing your MMA you know routines of keeping everything fresh and moving, learning a couple new things. Mm-hmm. And that that whole balancing act is economics. Mm, so right. now yeah, you yeah. just apply that over to you know a business or whatnot. It's like, well, how much money is coming in? How much money? How much do we spend on marketing? That if we're spending some money on marketing, we got to be making more than that back. Or what the hell are we doing? We're just throwing money away, you know. Yeah. And what areas of marketing are most efficient to reach the people that I want to reach? And uh, who are the people? Who are the people that I want to reach? And who are the people that you know? They, I, I don't want clients that they got to they got to be willing to show up for their own success, you know. Gotcha. So imagine if you built a gym, and you got some, you know, do you want to train guys that are like? They're going to show up on time. They're going to show up consistently. They're going to do what you told them to say. 
what would be the outcome? They're going to get good results, you know? Yeah. Versus, do you want to spend your time training somebody that shows up once in a while when it's yeah. convenient? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Makes a half-ass effort while they're there. Yeah. Shows up 10 minutes late, yeah. makes a half-ass effort. You want to spend your time working with them people? No. I don't either. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I don't want to spend no time with those people either. So, you know, and even when I say stuff like this on camera, or when I said earlier, like, I don't give a fuck. If somebody no. don't like what I'm saying, like, go... <laughs> go watch a knitting channel. Go watch like go learn about crochet, cooking. I don't go learn golf. I don't give a shit what you do. Like somebody that if I was being myself, if I, yeah. if I was speaking from my heart, mm -hmm. somebody that really don't vibe with that, or they're just like you know, you know, nah, fuck these guys. Like if they look at us talking, they're like, oh, fuck those guys. All yeah. right, yeah. I'm not even mad at them. Yeah, it's like yeah, go, yeah, man, go, yeah. go play golf, man. Go, yeah, yeah. go do uh, whatever you do, man. Whatever, whatever soft, soft little weak fellas do, just go do that. Go join your people, man. <laughs> they don't identify with us at school. Yeah, for so, sure. Um, I, I, I communicate very honestly that way of like, you know, the type of person that I would want to work with, they're, they're probably good at something already. They probably mm -hmm. already learned how to learn. They've already developed a skill at something. Mm -hmm. And maybe they went to college and they're good at something, or maybe they were an athlete, you know, they had a good work ethic from, you know, from college football or from, from whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, they, maybe they were like a military person or like, Maybe they're a construction person, they're a good plumber or a good yeah. electrician. But the, the, the important thing is they already have some sense of self-discipline and they already learned how to learn. And if I can have somebody like that who already, you know, they're doing good at something and they're serious that they want to learn about entrepreneurship or they want to learn about investing, I can help them. It's easy. Yeah. And if somebody came to you at the gym that they were already good at something and you're like, all right, man, now you got to learn this, this, this. And they're like, okay. And they did it. It's easy to work with those people. You feel happy to help somebody that's trying to help themselves, you know? Yeah, 100%. I can't help somebody that don't want to help themselves. It's, you can't be more dedicated to somebody's success than they are, you know? Yeah. So, I, I, you know, that's my marketing message right there. Like, if, if you're okay having, like, a middle-class income, you know, all right. That's cool. This, <laughs> all right, you know? <laughs> You know what an average income is in America for, for an individual? Uh, average income? Not for the house, yeah. yeah you know, like 50th percentile, like the person in the middle. In the wealthiest country in the world. 40000 43000 yeah. $43,000. Look at you. 43000 dollars yeah. The average household income is about 60000 But for an individual with a job, 43000 And... Um, I mean, you know, fifty percent of people are making less than that. So, I mean, if, you, yeah. if you're okay making thirty, forty grand a year, that yeah, all right? That probably that's probably not the right person, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if somebody's offended by that, yeah. stuff, all right. <laughs> if, if somebody's offended by that, it's somebody who knows that they should be doing better yeah, and they yeah. could be doing better, yeah. but they ain't put in the work yet. One hundred percent. So, I think some people enjoy when I when I poke them a little bit. Like, yeah, some people need that. Like, like, damn it, I know I, I know I could do better too. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, some people they, they don't want to. I'm not mad at them. Yeah. But you know, they should be mad at themselves. Mm -hmm. like, you know, they don't want. If you're okay with that, okay. But I like to help people that you know they, you know they they, they want to end up with at least a million dollar net worth and mm -hmm. million dollars ain't what it used to be. If you've been looking at real estate, you see in that the million dollars ain't what it used to be. Yeah. What's uh, now? You think you should try to time that, like, because like, because I'm not a market trying to buy the duplex, whatever, and people are trying to wait, 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 hold on. But I'm like, you really can't time it, right? Like, you can't time the market, like. I think with real estate right now, yeah, I mean, there, you can have plenty of insights into a real estate market. I, I think at the moment that um, interest rates are going to go up some more, mm -hmm. and a lot of a house's value, at least in the short term, a lot of. Uh, 
the price of a home or the price of property is constrained by, you know, how, what can a person make in monthly payments, you know? Mm -hmm. So for most people, for the, for, there's a few people that could go buy properties for cash. I have closing on a property on Wednesday in a few days. Hey, congrats. Um, congrats um, I do it all the time. So it's like, Oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's insulting what you just said. Wow. Like I, like I said, congrats. You know, oh, you went to the gym today. Congrats. Yeah, okay, a little man. accomplishments, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can pay a cash for a property. Sometimes it's wise too, sometimes it's not. But for, you know, like a normal property, like a normal, you know, family house, um, there's going to be some downward pricing pressure because if they keep it raising interest rates, which they probably have to, to to help with the inflationary pressures at the moment. Um, you know, a person can only, if your income doesn't go up as much, if the interest rates keep going up, then more of your purchasing power is going to interest, which means you have to buy a smaller home or, or less, you know, a home with lower yeah. dollar value, you know? So I think there could be some downward pressure. Um, and I know, you know, here in, we're in Florida at the moment, and in Florida, I know the real estate market's been wild, you know, yeah, some I things think. have more than doubled. And, yeah. um, and I understand why that a lot of people like to move here right now. That there's there's more freedom and mm -hmm. you know it's a, it's a nice place for many reasons. But a lot of people have moved here recently. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'd like to think about that more. But the number one thing I'd say, yeah, prices could go down, and it's not that there, I don't think the demand is going to go down in Florida, but I think there's just going to be you have some rich people from other states that are moving here that just pay cash and bid up the properties, but then I have to balance that yeah. with when you raise the interest rates, raise the interest rates, a normal person that would be buying a property with a, with a loan, um, they can't afford as much of a property because more of their payment is going towards the interest, so they have to buy, even if they're making the same payment, um, they're going to have to buy a less expensive home. home. And so the, it's a weird market right here. It's yeah. a weird market in Florida right now that a lot of people, rich people move here and bid up the prices, but then normal people are are going to have to buy you know lower dollar cost homes and that could put some some downward pricing pressure on the properties so yeah. i'm going back and forth and yeah i don't know what the exact equilibrium is but and nobody else does either by the way yeah but um you know that's that's the the mechanism or the interplay we'd have to think about you know okay Got you. i'll think about that more we'll chat about it more off camera uh what else i'm, I'm enjoying yeah. getting interviewed today yeah. so this I'm is still, this not, a still not a fan of day trading <laughs> when somebody tells you a, that they're a day trader, yeah, I just want you to interpret that as like you know, oh, like dude just said he's a dumbass. <laughs> dude just informed me that he's a dumbass. His brain don't work right. So you know, you know, you remember why I talk bad about day trading, or what did you hear me say about? No, day no I just heard you talk about how people there's no get rich quick. You know what I mean? Uh, what what was the quote you said? Something I was like, I, I can't really off the top of my head right now, but. To, to be a day trader, you have to believe. Uh, so check this out. You got guys out there that are managing, you know, more than a hundred billion dollars. You got mm -hmm. funds out there with, you know, a hundred billion dollars. Mm -hmm. That's eleven zeros. For those of you that don't do math naturally, that's eleven zeros uh, before the decimals point. Um, and they can buy. They can hire the the smartest tech engineers, the smartest code writers. Mm -hmm in the whole world, and they can write algorithms to do any damn thing that they want to do, to automated algorithms, you know, computer programs. And they can hire, you know, a team of PhDs to, to study the weather, to study geologic patterns, you know, weather patterns, um, 
they, they, they read things like how much carbon is in, in the air over various countries because yeah. they, they look at the carbon output as being a proxy for energy consumption. So the more energy that's being used, like burning coal or natural yeah, gas yeah. to create energy, yeah. releases more carbon. So that they have like, you know, they have devices literally measuring the carbon in different places around the world. So they can say, you know, company or countries that maybe don't report the truth of their economics, they're like, no, I think that I think that they're using more energy than they're saying, and they're going to have a more productive economy than, than the people are anticipating. So they know everything. They know everything you That's could insane. know. That's insane, yeah. Right? And they got the best computer programmers in the world to create the algorithms. That 80% of the trades happening in the market is one of these machines, is a, is a computer program. Really? 80% Jeez. of trades is a, is a computer, 20% is a human. 80% is yeah. a computer. So when somebody tells me that they're a day trader, on, on, on Robin Hood? <laughs> <laughs> That's an extra layer of stupidity. But, um, when somebody says they're a day trader, I'm like, oh, like, you know better than a team of PhDs. <laughs> they have the, yeah, and the team of computer programmers, the, the best computer programmers and the smartest, you know, uh, subject matter experts in the world. Um, you know better than they do what's happening right now. And yeah. you can make a more informed decision of what's happening in the, in the economy, in the global economy today. Yeah. And, and that, that's just absurd, you know? That's like, I, I don't know, man, you know? Um, there's a higher probability with no further training. And not even a joke, it's like, if I think the facts of this, is like, that type of person beating those algorithms is less probable than if I were to like challenge Francis to a fight or something. It's yeah, less, yeah, yeah. I got a better chance of beating Francis with no further training. Mm -hmm. And shout out to Francis, no disrespect. Yeah, of course. But I got, a, I got a better chance of beating Francis than these guys have of beating the market. It's just yeah. it's very unlikely. It's okay. probably not gonna happen. Yeah. Probably I better keep my head down and keep training. <laughs> probably I better keep training. Don't worry, Francis, you got a couple of good years. Oh, I'm, I'm not a threat for some time yet. You'll yeah, be okay, man. <laughs> It's, it's a crazy thought. Mm -hmm. It's a silly thought. So like, I don't know, man. Wh whoever your favorite, like, you know, 115 pound girl who's like, probably she ain't gonna beat you in a fight, you know? Probably I you got not. it. Probably you got it. I would bet the house on it. Probably you got it, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's that kind of disparity, it's yeah. silly. It's just but silly. when you put it in terms like that, it makes it like, I understand it now. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, I had a chat with one of my friends about this uh, today. We we're, we're talking uh, the, along the, the periphery of this topic of um, how do you make money in the stock market? And you know the, the two ways that I've learned that a person can, can make money for a period of time is you know one of them is illegal, and I strongly don't recommend like insider you know, trading. Yeah, like you know, okay. insider trading. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of people that say that work in investment banks that they're they know private information about a merger and acquisition or. You know, they see private financial statements about a company that they know next quarter this company is going to be bad yeah, yeah, yeah. or great. You know, they know that something's going to move dramatically. Yeah. And you know, if you, if if they use that information, you know, inappropriately, three or four or five times, pretty soon the the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commissions, looks at that and they see like, well, there's a you know, abnormal volume here and here and here and here, Jeez. and and all. To say all five of those transactions have been handled by the same investment bank, and then how many people inside that investment bank have access to that information, 
and then oh so and so's account it might be their girlfriend's account yeah. it might be their mom's account yeah you know oh so interesting so this this you know there's 10 people that uh you know this big investment bank that even have this information and one of them like their their wife's brother yeah, you know yeah. just made 18 million dollars that's weird that's all yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody's going to prison yeah 100%. you can go to federal prison maybe a few of them are yeah so you know i, I don't think that's not a path forward for me. It's not something that I'd be interested in, in pursuing. Mm. The other way that you make money in the market is um, is having patience in the short term and understanding like if you can look out two, three, four years in the future, you think like what companies are undervalued right now that you know the the products that they create or the services that they create, whatever it is they do, mm-hmm. is going to be you know it's it's misunderstood right now. It's out of favor for silly reasons. And in the future, this is going to do significantly better. Yeah. And if you can look at things like that, and you can. Yeah. And you can. You, you don't need to. You don't need to be a wizard. You don't need to know. You know, some inhuman. You know, otherworldly shit. It's like, now you you can look at something and be like, if you went to the gym and you seen some guys training, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this this fellow looks like he's going to be a couple of years. He's going to be doing real good. Yeah. This other fellow over here, mm, I don't think that's what it you looks like. You know. It, yeah. Probably going to be doing something else in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Could you go no, to the 100%, gym? No, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's probably a great analogy. Like, if you went to the gym, you could. You already know, and I'm, I'm not asking you to say names, but yeah. you, you have a couple people yeah, in your head. Yeah, yeah. When I say that, that yeah, like, 100%. yeah, two or three years later, this guy is he's going to be doing great, and somebody else over there would be like, he's probably going to be working somewhere else. He's probably going to get a job and go do something else with his yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. And, 100%. You know, but how how do you know that? Because you spent, you know. A good piece of your life, you know what it is. You know? it, yeah, yeah, you yeah. lived it. And if you're a decent business guy, you see the same thing that you're like, mm, I think this is going to do well in the next couple of years. This other thing, mm, probably yeah. not. You know. And I just have I just have the same confidence about looking at companies the way that you would have looking at a fighter. Like you're confident. You know. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you're guessing. Yeah. It's like no, nah, it's, I see I see what's going on here, and that's going to turn out real good a couple of years later. You know. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. So there's nothing mystical about it. Some people try to make business a lot more complicated than it is, or, or they see in some like '80s kung fu movie and they think that martial arts is some, you know, yeah. Mortal Kombat video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, sure. I don't know. Like, it just there's some intricate skills and patterns and best practices to be learned there. But um, even in my 40s, I'm picking things up pretty quick. And I'm not trying to be a pro fighter, and you know. Some of my, several of my coaches got 20, 30 years experience, so it's yeah. gonna, I'm not going to know what they know this week. You know, yeah. I'm not going to learn everything that they learned in 30 years. I'm not going to learn that all in one year. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I just don't tell myself crazy shit or lie to myself that. Uh, I mean, it, it, it take me a period of time to catch up with that. You know. Yeah. God, yeah. So I think when people are trying to get, you know, they, they want to get rich quick, you're probably going to go broke quick. You know. Yeah. The, what would, what would happen if somebody came to the gym and you know this is their first day of training, like Phil, man, I need to, I need you to teach me everything you know about MMA, you know, in the next two weeks. It's like, what, what, what percentage of that would they be yeah, able to yeah. do? Like, probably none, you know. Yeah. Probably somebody stupid enough to say that is going to do nothing. Yeah. Or is You know. But economic, you you know more about economics than you think you do. That you just have to, you know, if you applied some of those same thoughts of like. Well, if I want a particular outcome on a particular date, you know, regarding your your weight and your strength and your cardio, and um, then you're going to have to start optimizing. Probably you're not going to cut 25 pounds overnight, so yeah. you got to start optimizing. You know, 
a month, two months. You got to start thinking about it, you know, eight or ten weeks ahead of time. And that last four weeks, you probably got to be pretty serious and strict for sure, you know? Yeah. And you know better than I do, but, you know, is, is that a fair? No, yeah, fair assessment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So when you need to do something overnight, you probably can't. But if you start planning ahead of time, well, yeah, I could make this work by that time. And, you know, and you're already doing it. It's, you're just thinking about, like, well, what are the variables in play of, you know, your caloric output? You know, where do you, want, where do you need your cardio to be? What's your strength going to be like if you cut too much weight that last few days? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's that going to do to your immune system? What's that going to do for the rest of your training, et cetera, et cetera? So you guys start thinking ahead of time, well, let me just be a little more strict with myself a couple of weeks sooner than other people might be, and there's some advantages there, you know? Yeah, 100%. When you put it in layman's terms like that, it makes sense. Well, they might not understand. You understand that because you're living that. Oh, uh, But okay, another yeah. person is like, you oh, know. Oh, dang, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I don't know if it's layman's terms. It's, I'm, I'm speaking to another professional from a from a different profession. You know. Yeah. But yeah, you know, same thing in your life. If you start planning ahead, um, you know, you could do more than you think you do. You can do more than you might think you can do if you plan ahead of time. If you have some discipline and do the right things, you know. Um, I'm sure somebody somewhere fucked up their weight cut that like, you know, they had a big ass birthday cake or some some silly something crazy yeah, happened. Yeah. You know, like. Thought it was a good idea to get drunk the week of their fight, and, yeah. and then did some other bad things and some other bad things, and you know, those, those probably most of those people probably didn't work out too good for him. Yeah, one <laughs> I, this is one I could think of that maybe he still did good, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't say his name. Uh, but he might be thinking about the same fellow. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you got we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, shout out to him too. You know who you are. Yeah, it was a badass dude. <laughs> What are some areas you identified? You've been thinking about business. You spent your a lot of your life thinking about fighting and being a martial artist. And you know, recently it seems like you got some business topics on your mind. So, what, what are some overlaps you're seeing, or um, you know, uh, maybe some of the prep work that you did for your career that you're you're seeing overlap in opportunities for entrepreneurship or investment? I, I think uh, with fighting in itself, I think we're we're blessed to make large sum income. Um, but sometimes we lack that financial literacy and that, okay, like you said, the economics, like, okay, I gotta keep this money's gotta survive me this long, so I gotta make these right investments now. I can't wait to end of the month. So that's, I think that's when a lot of fighters get in trouble. And I think talking to you is helping me understand, like, this isn't rocket science. This is, this is what you do every day. This is how you cut weight, how you manage weight for the fight. Let's do the same thing with your finance. I think that's going to help me a lot, and just uh, have you more talk more about that and like how, okay, boom. Let's say a fighter makes seventy grand next fight. Boom, he gives ten to a manager, ten to gym, uh, ten to taxes. Okay, now how this, how much left do I have to give to the duplex and the management company and things like that? And just like tell me, is it is it wise to jump in this with? only 50 grand, is that gonna last me for the remainder of two months, three months, whatever, or should we wait till we have more income? No, I, I hear, and, you know, we, we can talk through some of the specific variables for your situation off yeah. camera, but you know, yeah. in, in general, uh, same way as you'd be prepping for, you know, for an event, if you got a, a fight coming up, you're, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks out, you, you could do a lot more work to be prepared for that particular person and their particular style and have your, your health optimized with the, you know eight or 10 weeks notice than like three weeks, two weeks notice. You're like, oh shit. 
and you know, hopefully you've been keeping yourself in order, but you, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of sometimes course. a good opportunity comes up last minute that you don't want to say no, because mm. uh, you know, there's a, for a lot of reasons, it's better yeah, to yeah. say yes when, yeah, whenever you can. But um, you know, if you're, the more you're prepared ahead of time, you're gonna be better off in general. And finances, there's nothing mystical about it. It's like, if a person starts you know, um, earning more money earlier and learning about financial literacy earlier, then you're going to be able to compound those intellectual gains. You're going to have you know other people in your peer group that know about money, because you know just for the same reason you have a lot of people in your peer group that know about fighting. Like mm-hmm. that's who you hang out. So, so much so, if you paid attention, that a few minutes ago you just think it's normal. For when I talked about you know like a weight cut and this and this. Oh, when you say it in layman's terms, like no, that's that's a very precise language yeah, yeah. for your profession. Yeah. From other high-level professionals know that language. You just think it's normal. It's like oh yeah, everybody knows that. No, everybody in your environment knows that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So the same way that you know, spending your time being a, you know being a fighter, you're around those people and you share information and you learn things from each other. And when you're a business nerd, you hang out with other you know business nerds and you share information and you make more money together. You know, so if you if you had a little money earlier that you're you know in that sort of group and thinking about those sort of things and sharing that 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 type of you know uh, intellectual transfer. You know, you, you get to compound the money more and more and more. So the earlier you start, the better, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the, the comments I made to you is just trying to be realistic is that, you know, I, I know how important your career is at the moment that, you know, you, um, you're starting to make real money. You're getting some real money. You, you win a couple more fights, you'd be getting some real money, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe uh, a few fights down the road that might be a title shot, that might, you might be the champion. You know, when you get the belt, by the way, if a guy gets the championship belt, it's like, he's, oh, I made it. This is it. Yeah. Or, you know, then tomorrow you wake up, you're like, shit, I got to be training again. <laughs> yeah, I got to make it again. Yeah. <laughs> now I got to defend this with yeah. even tougher guys than when I, you know, exactly. that I came yeah. up through. So, yeah. um, you know, kind of things are, you know, if, if you get to that spot, the many of them have told me that, like, shit. No, I got it, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like getting to the UFC. Like, I bet. That's what it was. Like, okay, I'm in the UFC. I made it. It's like, oh, wait, no, these guys are even more badass <laughs> than the other guys. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure with, finan- with finance, it's got to be similar, right? Like, once you, okay, you like, you said a million is not a million, but to some people, like to me, like, a million, like, okay, if I make that million, but once I get there, I'm sure it's going to be okay. A million dollars means, like, you you know, you have a high level of confidence. You're not going to starve. But, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly, though, like, like, he's like, all right, my, my bills are paid. Yeah. My bills are going to be paid. Uh, I'm going to be able to eat. Yeah. I can eat what I want to eat. My family could eat what they want to eat. Our bills are going to be paid. But you still got a lot of work to do, you know? And that, that just means you're not stressing about, you know, maybe you got a million dollars. Like, you know, you don't, a normal person maybe don't have time to go to their job anymore because now they got to be thinking about investments or, or maybe they still got to show up to work for a few more years and keep compounding, you know, building some more. So they could spend all of that on investments and let their job pay for their lifestyle or something, you know. Yeah, I think a million dollars is where things start. I think that's where uh, you get enough money that you you know you know a little bit, you know you um, you know some stuff. You have some friends that know some stuff. Uh, you're gonna have a few other smart people to talk to in your life probably, and um, you know there's still a lot of work to do. I, I had that when I, I was 29 when I had my first million dollars and. I didn't, I, I didn't, I'm not exaggerating, I did not take a day off in my 30s. I did not take one day, not for my birthday, not for Christmas, not for anybody else's birthday. It's mm-hmm. like, I had work to do, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, you're, you're just starting. And kind of what you said is like, I feel that way, that 
I asked Jake Shields, um, you know, at one time he won 15 fights in a row, like, you know, mm -hmm. high level. Yeah. He's beaten Tyrone Woodley, Dan Henderson, some other tough guys during yeah. that run, you know? And uh, then he had a title fight with uh, GSP, George St. Pierre, and he won, uh, two of the judges said that he won two out of five rounds. And at that time, George, uh, shout out to George, I know you're watching. Yeah. Um, at that time, George had won like 30 rounds in a row or something. He hasn't yeah, lost yeah. a round, let yeah, alone yeah. lost a fight. He hasn't yeah. lost like a round yeah, for 30 yeah. something rounds. So Jake, you know, two of the judges said that Jake won two rounds. So that was respectable. It was quite an accomplishment. But I asked Jake, like, what was your training like? You know, how, what were your what were your habits like during that time in your life? You know, and he said, well, you know, if I if I want, he just always speaks very matter of factly. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not like a hypey. He's just very factual. And he's like, well, you know, if I want to fight on Saturday, then you know, probably I'd travel on Sunday and try to get some rest, but I'd be back in the gym on Monday. And he said, you know, there's a lot of other guys, they want to take a month off and go party. And he's like, I never did that. Yeah. So, you know, he, he, he win a fight. He thought he's supposed to win a fight. He's a fucking professional fighter. He's That's what we do, yeah. What is a professional? A professional is somebody that gets a consistent result. Yeah. A professional is supposed, if you're a pro, you're supposed to get a result consistently. Like, it's his job, you know? Yeah. So, um... Yeah, you know, I think other guys, when they want to go fuck off, I see that with money, too. The people, they make a little money, and they want to go party and go fuck off. And, like, in my head, I just like, no. Like, if you have a system that's working, like, I just wanted to double down and double down again and double down again and, you know, keep it working. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I understood the, not just the financial compounding, but, again, the, the intellectual compounding, that you learn new things, and that allows you to do new things. And you learn new things, and you can contribute to other people and help them, and that allows you access to social networks where you're going to be around other smart people that you share information together. And you know, and, and that's not you know that for somebody out there that says all the capitalists are getting together, sharing their you know secrets or something. Yeah, man. But you know, when you go to the gym, do you not do you not share information or techniques or strategies with you know your training partner? Of course you of do. Of course, of course, of course you do. That's what that's what people do. So if you, I I knew that if I kept being around other smart people that were, you know, financially educated and motivated, ambitious people, um, I thought, you know, well, if I do this for like another decade, I could do whatever I want, you know? Mm. And I kind of did. That's kind of, that's about exactly how things turned out. That, um, but I have this other illness. Oh, uh, <laughs> Your boy Gilbert and I, Gilbert Burns and I were talking about this yeah. uh, uh, Friday, is uh, I can't just relax or something. Like my brain's always active, mm -hmm. and I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. And Gilbert, you know, his version of that was jujitsu, you know, and then MMA. So we were laughing about that that obsessiveness of like, you know, he spent his whole life, he's sleeping, and you know, he's in his sleep in his dreams, he's thinking about, okay, if he does this, then I do this. And yeah, this. yeah, 100, 100, 100%. <laughs> and I think about business this way. Yeah. And he and I were laughing about it. We're just laughing at ourselves and laughing at each other yeah. um, over by the ring at your gym, yeah. leaning on that wall that's by the ring, you know? Yeah. We're leaning there and just laughing at ourselves <laughs> and laughing at each other. And and he's like, it's like sick. He's like, we're sick. Mm. And I'm like, I don't, you know, who who has the mental illness? I'm like, is it is it you and I? Or like, think of the people that you grew up with or think of the people that I grew up with. And I'm like, you can picture them. You can picture a couple in your head. And like, what are they doing today? Yeah. You know, what are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so, you know, I guess we're the weirdos. Like, we're the weird ones that are behaving differently. But uh, the outcomes turned out a lot better yeah. than than the people that he would have grown up with or the people that I grew up with, you know? So mm. uh, I like having those, you know, I, I like, I need a project. 
so you know this kind of became you know my new project of uh, but you know it's helped me lose some weight it's helped me gain some muscle I'm learning new skills I'm, mm -hmm. my brain's excited about it and you know it's not uh, I mean, you know this. You can learn things your whole life. In you know martial arts, you can learn things your whole life. So it's it's been it's been good for me. It's been good for my fitness. It's been good for my happiness. Um, I have this. You know, I don't think it's a weird thought, but they might. But you know, I have this thought in my head that like I feel really confident. Like right, you know, even before I start training at all, I've been in enough fights in my life that if somebody punches me, like you know, um, if they don't knock me out, I'm not scared or something. I'm gonna yeah. move towards them and. Yeah. Little, Engage. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so I've been in enough fights that I feel very comfortable I could take care of myself or yeah. me and a girl in, in most situations. In some situations, you know, it yeah. is what it is. But in most situations, I'd be good. But I thought, you know, I like to travel a lot. And is it realistic that I could be, like, in my 60s? Could I be, like, 65? Am I going to be able to take care of myself or my girl that way if I didn't have a good martial arts background? Mm. And, I, and I'm just like, nah. Yeah. No, that's not true. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So th that was another motivator for me for like just for my confidence when I'm older, mm -hmm. not even now, but I was like, no, that'll be good for my confidence when I'm an older man that um, I feel, you know, good, you know, firm. Yeah. Feel safe. My girl feels safe. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was another good thing that uh, was another motivator for me to, to get started, you know? Yeah, that's badass. That's good. That's great motivation. Phil, what can I help you with? What are we, what are we going to make? What are we going to make? Uh... I think we touched on it briefly earlier when, because um, right now, like me, my body, fitness, I got nice physique, okay? So I got a nice physique, and people are constantly I like... Know. All <laughs> the girls are after my ab. Hey, hey, I like it. I, like I ain't it. got a six-pack. I have one ab, but it's mighty ab. That's all you need. That's all I, you need. I, I, only takes one. me for interrupting. No, you're, you're good, you're good. Um, yeah, so now I'm... I'm in the idea like, okay, should I make a fitness product? But then we talked earlier, and I'm like, okay, maybe I should just try to go tag along with someone, try to be the face of their product for a little more equity as opposed to trying to do it on my own. Like, oh, this is Phil's product, even though I'll get more of the, I'll get the whole sum as opposed to. Well, to do that, you know, you there's, there's people that think that, uh, they, they come to me and say, you know, Derek, I want to be a, a coach of some kind, you know? I want to be a, a wealth coach. I want to be this kind of coach, that kind of coach. I'm like, all right, so, you know, what do you know about that? And be like, well, not much, but I'm interested. And I'm like, oh, so so you don't know much about that, but you're going to be a <laughs> um, And I, I just kind of tell them, when I tell them what it takes to build a program like that, you know, like, so, you know, my, my, my main three coaching programs are... Uh, one of them is about entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. one about real estate, one about global markets. Well, you know, after I spent a third of a century learning about those topics, yeah. after I spent 33 years learning about that, then it took me about 4,000 hours, like actually about 4,000, me personally, not my team, yeah, yeah. it took me about 4,000 hours to create those programs, plus paying a staff to help me with all the little things and, and, and some of the important things that they helped me with of, you know, creating slide decks and organizing it the way I wanted it and editing perfect and mm -hmm. making everything, making the websites look beautiful. And then after that, then you can go set up marketing funnels and <laughs> sales yeah, funnels yeah, and yeah. you can learn some things about technology and merchant account processing and Jeez. and banking stuff and uh, oh, some tech things that, you know, you never could imagine that you were going to need to know, but you're going to have to learn about it, and, you know, and so on and so on. And, and then you're going to get that title. While you're doing all that, you're going to go get your title, right? You're going to get your belt. 
yeah, yeah. So, you know, or maybe maybe you could be the guy. I mean, there's probably a reason that something like BJJ fanatics or something, or you know, judo fanatics. Or, there's mm-hmm. probably a reason that you know that's a pretty successful website that um, you could make some training videos. And you could put those videos up where people are already going. They already have traffic going there Dang, yeah. to buy those videos. Yeah. And somebody already created the platform and did a lot of the marketing. Mm-hmm. And people are already going there looking to, you know, have to learn from, you know, some people that you know that they respect that they're a fan of or people that are very talented like yourself. Yeah. So do you want to be a marketer or do you want to be a, a UFC champion? Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I just yeah. think you make more money that way. No, one hundred percent. I'm with it. Yeah, you probably make more money that you know. Or the other option is what, what we talked about before, but do a co-branding deal. Somebody might watch this and talk to you about it, and you know, and if they reach out to you and ask you to put in some money, just laugh, <laughs> just laugh about it. Yeah, but, yeah. But you know, if there's somebody that watches this, that maybe they're operating a gym, maybe they're a good gym operator, maybe they've been you know a bodybuilder or you know. Uh, MMA guy in some capacity, maybe they're a boxer, a bodybuilder, some other MMA guy, and they, they already got a good gym, and there's like you know, man, that they value the relationship with you. They see that you know the the marketing and promotional aspect could bring more people in. They might be happy to spend, you know, you might they'd be happy to give you twenty, thirty percent of the profits for just being involved, you know. Yeah. And you know, for the amount of effort that would go into building that yourself versus partnering with somebody that already has. A lot of the infrastructure, I just think you'd um, you'd be happier. You'd make at least similar money, maybe more money. You'd do less work, and you'd be happier that you could focus on the things that are most important to you. Yeah. So I don't have a gym to partner with you. I'm not yeah, going to yeah, pitch you yeah, something. I'm just okay, saying yeah, I think that okay. would be a better path. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Percent. Yeah, I agree. I think that makes more sense. What What would you say to somebody? Maybe final question. So you've been training how long? You've been training like more than a decade. How long? You when do you start? Training for wrestling or whatever happened first. I started wrestling when I was 15. I'm 33 now, so, so quite some time. Only 18 years. Yeah, only only 18. How can I learn that this weekend? Uh, I got some YouTube videos. <laughs> Come on, you YouTube. <laughs> you know, I made jokes about that in the past. So like, yeah. if you if you want to be a, like a UFC champ or you know a jujitsu master, like. Probably you don't like watch a couple of YouTube videos and like, <laughs> you can wrestle a teddy bear in your living room yeah, like yeah. like elbow drop drop yeah. an elbow on a teddy bear but yeah. training with pros would probably you'd probably learn more you know? yeah so eighteen years yeah eighteen years what would you say to somebody here that you know they they have those kind of crazy thoughts in their head that like you know oh I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get the shortcut I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put in the training I'm not gonna put in the work I'm not gonna have the advantages of having elite coaches. Elite training partners. I'm just going to do it myself, man. So, how do you yeah. suppose that's going to work out for someone? Uh, they're uh, just going to do it themselves. I, I would love to be in a cage with you. That's, uh, <laughs> easy money. Easy money. That's, that's the one I want. No, You're going to pay to come see him, though. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. You get. You get. You, you can't do it alone. It's. It's. A, sometimes it's impossible. Some there's select few who can do it, but like. You need a team. You need to orchestrate. You need to invest in yourself. I've, I found, now that I have some income, money coming in, the best investment you can do is for yourself. You know what I mean? And the help, the longevity in your career, the help your future. You just gotta invest in yourself. That's the biggest payoff. Like 
you know. You, you know who else said that a long time ago? The, the best investment you can make is in yourself? Well, Buffett, ben, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, oh, Ben yeah, Franklin. Okay. Ben Franklin yeah. is a very bright person. Yeah. He's a very high IQ and very yeah. industrious person. Andy is like a chubby dude with, looked a lot like me. Yeah. Um, but girls liked him too, so Ben Franklin had to, the girls were after old Ben Franklin. Really? But yeah, true. Yeah, true. Uh, um, who's the, is it Adams? President Adams was involved in him. They took a trip to France, and Adams was like a really square family guy. Uh -huh. And Ben Franklin was like an ambassador to France or something like that. Yeah. And and Adams was like aghast at like oh, what is that? Franklin's there having you know now Franklin got shit done he was a great networker yeah of course he was very smart brilliant man great networker people knew him they trusted him yeah but he's running around with all the women and yeah, doing yeah. some things that Adams uh, you know he didn't have that experience yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't yeah. know that's what they were there for but, yeah but I think they had a successful trip but I digress um, I don't think I could have done shit just truth it's like. When I was a kid, I was so misguided that um, I wanted to work hard. I was willing to work hard. Mm -hmm. My brain worked good. Mm -hmm. But I, I just didn't. As soon as I got some, some good mentors and got people around me that um, I didn't have a good sense of direction. I didn't have like a good father figure. I didn't have those things. And mm -hmm. you know, if, if you haven't lived that, certainly you've seen that. And mm -hmm. you, know, you, have, you know what I'm saying? That like, when I found you know, great teachers in academia and great teachers that did things in the real world, Man, my I just my life took off, you know, like my life took off. And um, when you can learn from the best people doing something, like the, you get to learn from all their mistakes. You get mm -hmm. to learn from their successes, but maybe more importantly, you even get to learn from all their mistakes. Like, don't do this, don't do that. Make sure you do this. Protect yourself here. Don't do that. Don't mess this up. Be careful here. Find this opportunity. Here's another opportunity. Look at that. Why didn't you see that yourself, dummy? Look mm -hmm. at it again. Go do it now. Yeah. I was going to ask you that because uh, the uncle situation, the father situation, you know, your childhood, I'm like, okay, so how does this guy not have tons of self-limiting beliefs? Because even when you say things like, for me to go to a company, like, hey, I'll, I'll be your face, but give me some equity in that company. You know, like, to me, I'm like, oh, that's, that's you know, for you, you have to have some self-limiting beliefs, right? So then I'm like, how did he get rid of that? And I'm like, oh, it has to be the mentorships because you you're kind of telling me right now. Is that, is that true or no? No, man, that's fair. I've had plenty of, um, you know, I, I just didn't grow up with a lot of successful people around me, you know? So, like, I, I had, um, you know, if I if I seen somebody doing better, you know, there's, there's this whole, like, hater mentality out there right now mm -hmm. where everybody, that they, they see somebody doing good and they want to say, me, me, everybody's a critic, you know? Mm -hmm. And be like, man, why don't you learn something from you? When you see somebody that's, that's winning, when you mm -hmm. see somebody being successful or something, um, I had moments where I was envious in the sense of like, man, I want to have that. Okay. But I was never yeah. mad at that. Okay, person. Yeah. I was okay. never mad at somebody because of their success. I was mm -hmm. always really inspired that I'm like, all right, if that guy could get something. Um, yeah, I, I had this conversation with P. Diddy once upon a time, the mm -hmm. you know, Puff Daddy. The yeah. And I, I listened to, you know, if you remember, you maybe are just old enough to remember the days of Puffy and Mace, and they were, yeah, they course, were having quite course. a party in the 90s and yeah, early yeah. 2000s. And I was listening to that, and, you know, the, all they talked about is getting some money and they stopped to dance for a minute and they talking about getting some more yeah, money yeah, you know yeah. that's, that's what they did and I was very inspired by that type of you know like gangster rap in the sense of uh, you know get money make your life better go do something or mm -hmm. too short said things like this like uh, I got to know him later in life pretty well and you know we spent you know several nights together several days together but you know I listened to the music from these guys back in the day talking about you know get money and 
in Too Short particularly, he was ever talking about some crazy, you know, being a gangbanger or something. He's saying, like, you know, get your education and work hard and go earn your spot. You know? Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> I saw Diddy and, and, and Jay-Z, those are the two that stuck out in my head, that I'm like, man, if these guys could come from the environment that they came from, and they go find $100 million, and they got more after that, you know? Mm -hmm. But this was my thought at the time. If this guy can go find $100 million bucks, if I can't go find like 20 million, like I fucked up, that's my fault, you know? Jeez. And that, yeah. that, that was in my head pretty yeah. early. Like if that guy, if those guys could go find a hundred million dollars, they didn't have the easiest childhood. Like there's no reason I can't go find 20 million bucks somewhere. Yeah. And um, I got to have dinner with Diddy years later and I had that conversation with him. I told him that, you know, I had this thought a long time ago, more than a decade ago, and that always inspired me to, you know, and uh, you know, I did a lot better than that since then. So mm -hmm. I'm not so poor that I only got 20 million. Bums. Now maybe it's a lot of money at one time. Yeah. It's like, you know, I thought maybe I could do that like in my lifetime or something. Yeah. And then you know, I did better than that. You know, and last year I made more than 20 million dollars. That's nice. For me, that was a big. You know, yeah. Like that Beautiful. was a lot of money to me. Still a lot of money to me. So. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I was. I think that's part of it is, you know, I had, I had enough self-belief that, like, I, was just, I would never a hater. I was thinking, well, if somebody else can go make a good life for this, maybe I'm not as talented as him. Maybe I'm mm -hmm. not as smart. Maybe, maybe he had some special help that I didn't have, but surely I could go get 10 or 20%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely I could go find 20% of, you know, what some other man did. Mm -hmm. So I had like, thoughts like that in my head. And then, you know, if I, I put myself around better people and you know this yourself, you got to hold yourself to a higher standard before anybody else can take you seriously. If you, if you don't want to show up and put in the work, you know, you're not going to be allowed to hang out with people that are living their life that way. So I, I just try to make that clear to my audience as well that I'd be happy to help somebody. <clears throat> if somebody wants to do better in entrepreneurship, you want to learn about investing, I'm happy to help. But I can't help somebody that don't want to help themselves, you know? Yeah. You got you to gotta show up for your own success. You got to take your own life seriously. and. If you got one foot in, or you you kind of sort of want to make some money, go go do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> go do anything yeah. else. Yeah. Not with me. But um, yeah. you know, th those are the sort of people that I like to reach in the audience, and that's how I've thought about um, my own situation. Is I, I wanted to have the best academic mentors, the best real world mentors, and when I wanted to learn about fighting, you know, I didn't go to Bobo's gym down the street. Well, like, you went straight to the, the source. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and and, and you know, your, your buddy Derek said this a couple weeks ago. He's like, um, he's like, man, you know, you you got a skill set like a guy that's been fighting, you know, four years, that's mm -hmm. been training, three, four, five years, and uh, I said, is that true? And he said, you know, yeah, man, like I run a gym. Yeah. So, um, so that's seven months. So I, I got a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of things to learn. I got a lot of you know holes to fill and things to work on. And I'm not trying to be a pro fighter, but yeah. it's. Um, yeah, it's a fun hobby. I'm learning a lot. I'm excited about it. Mm -hmm. And anything new I want to learn, I want to go to the best people. Uh, I don't need to make rookie, you know, yeah. pay, pay your dues early. Yeah, yeah, get over yeah. those things. And if you're learning best practices, you know, you avoid injury. You learn quicker. You avoid injuries. You, uh, I mean, there's, you know, and 20 other reasons. Yeah, that, you let's know. go. Yeah. I think, the way, I think the way you're doing is perfect. Because, like, uh, when you start getting those privates, that's when, boom. That's when you start jumping levels, you know, and just like your mentorship. Yeah. Jake said he, and I, I, I kind of chuckled when he said it, and then we both thought about it, and we're like, no, nah, that's true. Jake said that, he's like, there's 
very unlikely that anyone in the world is spending, like a new guy starting, is spending more time with you know high-level fighters than I am. Very unlikely. I don't think it's like like it's like it's one on one. I think it's one on one. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> at first, I kind of chuckled about it, and I'm like, no, that's probably true. It's like I'm training with like you know pro athletes, you know, ten, twelve, fourteen hours a week. Every Champions. Week. Yeah, no, yeah. No, that's like, true. Yeah, that's like different. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So almost everybody's been a world champion. Yeah. A few guys snuck in there of uh, Anthony Smith, shout out to Anthony yeah. or, or, or Derek. There's a couple of guys that have been non champion, but they're yeah. still like, like the, top five. The, yeah. And, yeah. So that's that's been a great gift and um, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of respect for those people, I have a lot of respect for you and the things yeah. that you guys do. Likewise. And uh, you know, I, I just think it's a mistake that if if you're serious about having a high level outcome in life why you want to go train with some amateurs or some... Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You're going to go to Bobo's School of Finance or you want to learn from somebody who actually did those things. That's up to you. But when I wanted to learn MMA, I didn't want to go to Bobo's gym. I wanted to go learn to from the best people, you know? 100%. One last thing. Phil Hawes has got a fight on the calendar. It's on June 18th. June 18th, UFC event down in Austin, Texas. Who are you fighting? Who's your next victim? They're on one wrestler. Tough wrestler. Mom, tough two. So it's gonna be good. Who's gonna win? <laughs> <laughs> June eighteenth, check out Phil's show. He's fighting on June eighteenth in Austin, Texas on the UFC card. Check that out on ESPN. Thanks again, Phil, for coming through. Our best wishes for your fight, your career. I wanna insult you and say good luck. It pisses me off when somebody says good luck, like 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 luck is what's gonna fucking carry yeah, the day, you know. None of that. So I know you did the work, you you done the work to earn the spot, you done the work to, to get your hand raised. Mm-hmm. So I won't insult you like that. I appreciate that. But I find that insulting. Do you? Uh, what do you think when somebody tells you, "Oh, good luck"? Uh, I mean, it's, it's become a norm in society, yeah. so it's just like, "Oh, it's whatever." But I know luck has nothing thanks, to do with this. Asshole. Yeah, thanks, yeah. So, so the guys, so other guys got a shot. That's that's, just, that's what I hear. Like, you know, check out Phil, June eighteenth. Um, got a great record. He's got uh, eleven professional wins. He's a great guy in the UFC. You got a bright career ahead of you. He's done the work to get his hand raised. I hope that's the truth. Hope that's the outcome. Thank you very much for coming through. Thank you for having me.